Welcome to Balling in the Six. This is your host KJ and this is your Toronto Raptors podcast straight out of London. It's been five games since the last episode and we've gone four to one. So here we go, whistle stop tour through the games from Chicago to Indiana. And it's going to be a whistle stop tour because the only thing you can do when you are winning is, you know, lavishly praise the team. There's a lot more to talk about when you lose, and thankfully, with the exception of a disastrous night in San Antonio, well, a bittersweet night, and we'll expand on that later, there's nothing to complain about. I'll see you on the other side. So we'll start off with the pretty routine win or routine-looking win, 95-89, at home to a very weak Bulls who are currently 10-27 and 27 as we speak. The hustle was good here. The team didn't play to their pot- offensive potential, most definitely, but they got it done on the defensive end. There were concerns again over the three-point shooting. Raptors shot 27.3% from the uh, beyond the arc. 9 out of 33 attempts, and that includes people like Kawhi, who only shot 1 from 6, Van Vliet, who was filling in for Lowry, uh, and would fill in for Lowry for the next 4 games, only shooting 2 from 7 from the 3. And of course, Norman Powell off the bench, not from 5, but as we'll go into Powell in the future, he really improved all over the court. But a routine win, just getting it done on the defensive end there, especially after going down uh, 2014 in the first quarter, the Raptors managed to hold out, uh, and those are the kind of, you know, grinding wins you need to chalk up. Next up, this was perhaps one of the best games to watch this season, because, and it was against the Jazz, let me add, because it was Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam taking over. These two combined for 73 points, Kawhi with 45 and Siakam with 28, and it was just one of the best individual displays from Kawhi Leonard that we've seen this season. I mean, it's his all-time career high. It was a phenomenal performance from him. He was sinking everything. He was taking charge of the team. And, you know, you go away to the Jazz, and it's not an easy game, especially when uh, people... Donovan Mitchell was on form. Jay Crowder shot 5 from 7 from beyond the arc. 7 out of 7 free throws, and he scored 30 points, so shout out to Jay Crowder. Even a role player like Derek Favors, who doesn't normally turn up, he shot 21 points. And of course, you've got the elite rim protection of Rudy Gobert. But Kawhi didn't seem to notice that. Kawhi drove to the rim every single time, really turned on his his aggressiveness for this game, and that was the big difference, you know? I'm not saying Kawhi hasn't been trying or has been too passive in the other games, but this game you could really see it was almost like a playoff game in the way he was turning it on, taking charge of the team, when really only him and Siakam turned up. You look at the other starters, they only combined for 18 points, Ibaka Van Vliet and Danny Green, and the bench with the exception of Norman Powell, who scored 14, again only combined for 17. So it was those two players that took over, got us the W, and, you know, at the time I was thinking this is one of the most important 
character building wins in this Raptors season. But as we can see, with the few, with uh, the couple of wins over the last few days, this game was somewhat eclipsed and overlooked if you're looking at the past week. But this was one of my favourite games to watch all season. Fantastic. Probably my least favourite game to watch then was away in San Antonio. Now this game was really hyped up as Kawhi's return obviously, that was the narrative here. Kawhi's gonna get booed, Kawhi's gonna hug Greg Popovich, Kawhi's gonna link up with his Spurs boys, do you know? And he did that and he got booed and he reunited and he also played, for him anyway, a distinctly average game. It looks pretty good on the box score couple of steals, 21 points on 8 of 13 shooting. However, his differential was minus 22 and in fact, yeah, the Raptors did succumb 107, 125, really blown out by the Spurs in the end. But there was another narrative running here which sort of made the loss a bit bittersweet and that was the first triple-double for none other than DeMar DeRozan who scored 21 points, 14 rebounds and 11 assists. And it was just, I mean, if you if you support an Eastern team, you generally, I'm going to focus more on that conference. I have really not watched the Spurs at all this year. So when I saw DeRozan play, I was just, you know, you get that feeling when you see a superstar play last year. I mean, let's not get it wrong. Kawhi is fantastic. He's fantastic to watch. He's fantastic to have. And, you know, he is a better player than DeRozan. However, DeRozan's style when he was in Toronto and, you know, of course now is so unique and so lovely to watch. The way he crosses people over, the way he drives and then pulls up for the mid-ranger or finishes with a very difficult finish at the rim to get the and one. It's just amazing to watch and it made the loss somewhat bearable for the Raptors. I mean, it certainly ignored, um, well, it certainly made up for 20% shooting from the three and, you know, 44% shooting against 56% shooting from the field from the Spurs. Certainly made up from that. Other bright lights in this game. Norman Powell continued his resurgence. He dropped 14 again for the second game running. And this is the time where I sort of started to keep an eye on him. I'm like, Norm signed a four-year, 42 million contract not too long ago and at the time it seemed like an amazing contract as he was in fantastic form however the end of last season and the start of this season he did regress a little bit but it's nice to see he's coming back and we'll go over his excellent performances in the last four games as we go through the other couple of games we also saw uh 15 for Delon Wright another player who's gone a bit under the radar this season as the third slash second choice point guard um especially as van vliet and lowry have been playing so well when they've been coming on but uh he dropped 15 um which was of course nice to see then were what i'm going to call almost the not the season defining games but the east defining games the raptors next two games were against the bucks and the pacers these were teams that were sat in second and third and these were teams the Bucks had a five game winning streak the Pacers had a six game winning streak the Raptors of course on a back-to-back broke both of these streaks with some of the best team performances I've seen firstly let's look at the game against Milwaukee 
we see a familiar performance from the deadly duo who dominated the Jazz, Siakam and Leonard dropping 60 together. Siakam, who got a, high, a new season high against the Jazz with 28, got another new season high a few days later. He dropped 30. We saw, and I was most impressed actually, with Ibaka. Ibaka shot some really difficult mid-ranges, dominated the paint really well, and he was one of the reasons why we got the W in the end, because he was so effective as a very mobile center. He also grabbed 9 rebounds and got 5 assists, but he shot 11 from 17 from the field and his defense was excellent in this game, and he managed to dominate offensively in the paint, which is why I was very pleased with Ibaka. Ibaka is one of those players who I and many others wanted to trade last season and even at the beginning of this season. However, Nick Nurse has done a fantastic job with putting him at the five, proved us all wrong, and he's putting up all-star caliber performances at the moment. This win was probably characterized by a return to the tray. The Raptors shot 45% from the field. Uh, This was characterized probably by a return to form for Fred Van Vliet, shooting five from eight for the three, including a couple of great shots as well as Siakam, who shot 3 from 5, 60% from, the, from beyond the arc. Fantastic for a player of his caliber. The one negative was probably the bench. So let's look at the minutes played by each of the starters. Ibaka played 36, Siakam 39, Leonard 38, Van Vliet 35, and Danny Green played 40 minutes. They all played excellently as well, with all having insanely positive differentials. Let's compare this to the bench, who all got differentials of at least minus 10, including Greg Monroe, who in 6 minutes got a differential of minus 12. The bench, those 4 players, in a combined 52 minutes, scored a grand total of 5 points. So, there was a little bit of concern there, and especially as this was the first night of a back-to-back, I was really worried about Pacers were going to hand us an absolute whipping. However, despite going down early on and it looking like a very difficult, even, grindy game, the boys from the six pulled it out again and in the end blew out the Pacers. This wasn't a performance... This wasn't down to a particular individual performance, a particular duo... Uh, three starters, Lowry, Siakam, and Van Vliet, all scored 12. There was a no- note for this game. It was quite useful that Kawhi Leonard did get a rest for this game. Uh, Nick Nurse is still taking a cautious approach with him and resting him for back-to-backs, which is, of course, the right decision, as we'll see come playoffs. But the return of Kyle Lowry was a boon to the side. Now, Nick Nurse said after the game that Lowry's stats don't show what he contributes and that's completely true I mean when you look at the box score you know 32 minutes shooting four from 10 with eight assists it looks all right it looks like you know that's an average point guard performance in the NBA but what Lowry produced in terms of how he commands the floor how he inspires teammates and these things all sound a bit cheesy and a bit corny and a bit like oh that's not technical at all you know what what a look at all the other great point guards and what they do and they actually turn it on on the box score as well but Lowry is one of those point guards who whose presence you feel and those of you who know football for example will 
know this, for, you know, you can compare him to a player like Mesut Ozil, you can compare him to those kind of players whose presence you miss, and we have missed his presence. Van Vliet has filled in ably, however, I do enjoy Van Vliet at the shooting guard position. He played excellently, uh, and moving even mo- and you can even move Danny Green then to the small forward position, and what that shows as well is the Raptors' ability to be such a versatile team. You can't beat this team. It's very, very deep. You have a lot of players who are very versatile. You know, in the team alone, you have Kisuyov Lowry. You have Van Vliet, who can play shooting guard and point guard. Danny Green, who can play shooting guard and small forward. Siakam, who can play small forward, power forward, or the center. Ibaka, who can play power forward or center. You have people coming off the bench like Norm, who can play shooting guard or small forward, etc, etc. I don't need to list them all. But what you see here is the versatility and against different matchups if you've got a difficult center you know you can match him up well now we don't have jv at the moment but grenwell road did a fantastic job yesterday taking advantage of the absent uh miles turner who's been such an effective defensive presence for the pacers in their winning streak and remember that by the way the pacers are 26 12 before we beat them. They were on a six-game winning streak. And they, you know, I don't think anyone expected the Raptors to win, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. But they absolutely pulled it out of the bag. Credit to especially Nick Nurse and credit to Norman Powell. And I think this game epitomised his resurgence this season. He dropped 23. He was very aggressive, which is fantastic. He shot 10 from 12 from the field, mostly layups, mostly driving in. And the good thing about his performance was that he wasn't just rushing in naively into the paint. He was picking his spots, choosing his lanes, looking for the empty lanes, and driving in with real purpose. And that's you know that was reflected in the box score, in the differential. He was the highest differential in the team at plus 15. And he was one of the main reasons why we picked up this W. And that takes us, that takes the Raptors to 30 and 12 which is you know pretty pretty astounding performance it's the first team in the league to reach 30 wins we're comfortably first now we flitted with second throughout the week lest you forget you know even though you know if you look up nba standings you know the bucks in 28 to 11 are allegedly above the Raptors in 30 12 but with the first team to 30 wins and if we carry on like this we'll for sure get first seed and this is in an in, in NBA this season with a bit more parity in both the East and the West. You have to only need look at the Warriors, who are 26 and 14. You only need look at the Nuggets, who are top of the East, followed by the Warriors, Thunder and Clippers. You know, and even in even top of the West, sorry, even in the East, the battle for playoffs is hotting up. You've got You've got still got the Nets, Hornets, Nets, um, Heat, and the Pistons, and the Magic all swapping places. But the Raptors seem to be the one constant that are just going out on the field every day. And aside from the very occasional dud, or the being hit by injuries or an unlucky schedule, the Raptors are a team that will turn up, roll over the opposition, grind out games, and really that's why they are on top, and that's why they fully deserve to be on top that's going to be all for today that's a whistle stop tour 
five games in 15 minutes. Let me know what you think of this format. If you want it quicker, if you want it slower, do let me know. But make sure you subscribe to this, to an all podcast networks, share it on Twitter, share it with your friends. And this has been KJ. This has been your Toronto Raptors podcast straight out of London. I'll see you next time.